Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. 11 o'clock hour here on a Tuesday edition of Rabo and Co. Louis Rabo, Zach Cantrell hanging out with you. Got you till noon, Bobby V after us. And of course, roundtable, 3 o'clock. Got you local till 6 o'clock here on ESPN Louisville. We do it every weekday here. Happy to welcome in, uh, welcome in, excuse me, walk in, welcome in a friend of mine, uh, John Sherva. He is the horse racing, horse racing writer, uh, contributor for the Los Angeles Times. Uh, he joins us this morning from a place warmer than here. John, how are you? I'm doing well. It's actually a pretty nice day. It's in the uh, 70s, going to be a get up to 78 today. So we're happy about that. That's how you do that. Um, how's your dog, John? Griffey, I, you know, I, I just. Uh, <laughs> Will we hear uh, from him today? <laughs> probably. Yeah, okay. Probably. <laughs> Well, there you go. Uh, John Sherva with us. You can find him at Jay Sherva. He's got a Polish last name, people. C-H-R, C-H-E-R, excuse me, W-A, easy for me to uh, to spell there. Uh, find all of his stuff there, and especially all the things there at latimes.com slash sports. All right, so Baffert drops the appeal. Um, I'm going to kind of leave it open-ended for you. Were you surprised to hear that yesterday? Do you think the timing simply matches up with the, you know, the, the newly, in, uh, you know, instated, Churchill deadline to have horses not in the barns of people like Bob Baffert for this year's Derby. Um, I'll leave it open from there, John. What was your reaction yesterday? Well, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Um, a lot of people, including myself, have have talked to, to Bob and said, you know, what's it going to take to get this settled? And I even floated the uh, uh, your theory that uh, Churchill just didn't want the distraction of Baffert during their 150th celebration. Yep. And Bob just said, no, no, that's not it. He says, I, I think if we can just, you know, get rid of the lawsuit. And it's really not his lawsuit. It's it's Amr Zaydan's mm. lawsuit um, that that would take care of it. Now, I think he, he, if we read between the lines, his, his uh, post yesterday said that they had negotiated that each would pay their own lawyer's fees. Yes, right. W- which to me means there have been negotiations. And even though a Churchill spokesman, not Darren, but uh, I think Monica or whatever, told Flatter uh, yesterday that this changes nothing, I think it changes something. Um, the deadline is what, the January 29th in order for him to move horses. But let's look at it this way. Let's say he doesn't move the horses by January 29th and moves them to, you know, Feb, you know, the middle of February, the end of February, uh, then at that point he would not be – if they took the suspension off, then he would um, he would be able to run for points. Right. So, so the deadline really doesn't mean that much 
uh, if he's going to be reinstated. Uh, if he's not going to be reinstated, it means everything. So I think what we do is we look and we see if if he moves any of his horses. And I think if he doesn't, mm. then what, what that means is that uh, a deal will be announced soon. But it doesn't have to be by January 29th because – because Bob traditionally, unless your horse, unless one of his horses runs uh, good in the last two races, He's which in this there. case would be the San Felipe or something in Arkansas and the Santa Anita Derby or something in Arkansas, or maybe even the Florida Derby, although I can't remember it's the last one. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. Right yeah. And the way I look at it, there's, and if I'm talking too much, just tell me. No, you're fine. Um, there's, he's got like four horses that, that, you know, need to be moved. Uh, one is Nysos, which is yep. a, uh, was, uh, uh, you know, won the Bob Hope. And, you know, so he's got a shot. And, and two of his last six furlong works were bullets. Muth, who I think is his best horse, yep. as a $2 million purchase uh, by Zidane, won the American Pharaoh, finished second in the Juvenile, and then uh, won convincingly in San Vicente, which I was surprised. I was surprised how well he did in that race. Oh, he looks so good. Because I, yeah. I, I thought it was a little short for him. Yep. Um, but it sure didn't seem like it. Nope. Um, and then he's got uh, Maimon, which is a, a one-time starter, one of maiden special by seven and a half, so nine hundred thousand dollar purchase. And then he's got Pilot Commander, who is second in the San Vicente. Uh, I'm taking Prince of Monaco off his Derby okay. list. Well. I don't know if he has. He hasn't worked since he finished fifth in the juvenile, so you know that's a, that's a pretty tough comeback. I mean, maybe maybe Bob could get him ready for the Santa Anita Derby because he was actually Bob's a horse until um, uh, until the the juvenile, where you know Luke won. So yep. so that's where I think we are on that. All right, so John Sherver with us. He's from the LA Times, latimes.com slash sports. You can find all their horse racing coverage out there. I, You know, the, the fascinating thing with this, and you brought it up, is we're privy to the public comments from Churchill Downs. We're privy to the, you know, the public comments from a guy like Bob Baffert, his attorney, whatever. It, and you, you make the point, you know, six days from now, he, if he hasn't moved a horse, you think there's something going on behind the scenes. What do you think should happen? behind the scenes here, John. I have, an, I have a feeling I know your opinion, but I'm, I'll, I'll let you go first, and then I'll give you a response. I, you absolutely know my opinion. I think it was criminal what Churchill Downs did to him. They, they gave him a, you know, a two-year suspension. Okay, that, you, can, you can argue that any way you want. But um, to add the third year, I think, was just outrageous mm-hmm. because he didn't show enough contrition. Well, come on. You know, it's not like if, if you're convicted of a crime, and I'm not saying there was a crime committed here, and, and you're incarcerated, it's like, yeah, you haven't been, you know, you haven't done anything wrong. Because he has had no positives since Medina, was since, uh, was it Medina Spirit that far back? You know? It, uh, it's been a while, yes. It's been a long time. Yep. Is he, he has done nothing to, to warrant adding a third year. And it was, I thought it was spiteful, and I think it was, uh, I, you know, I'll go back to criminal. You don't. So I know that Bob dismissed the idea, Bob Baffert, the idea of this being about taking the spotlight from Derby 150. He obviously disagrees with that, doesn't find that to be true. Do you agree with my take at all? Uh, I do. Um, I actually do. When, I mean, when you first said it, 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 it certainly made sense to me. Um, 
But the relationship between Bob and CDI is is, is so fractured. And I, I think it's only fractured on one side. Mm. I think Bob has, has taken his, his penalty. Uh, he's moved horses to Timmy Acteen. Uh They haven't done particularly well, and I'm not saying that Bob would have gotten them to the finish line first either, uh, but that's just the way it was. But, but I think that for us to put too much stock on uh, – well, I mean, the, the, February, or the January 29th date, I think we need to look at – if he doesn't move his horses, then there's a deal in place. If he does move his horses, well, maybe they're still negotiating or maybe there is no deal. Because let's say he could move them to Tim uh, for the Bob Lewis, for the Robert Lewis stakes, which is a, only a 20-pointer. Yep. And then after that racing, you know, Bob gets reinstated, they move him back. Because, again, you know, you've got to be running well over the last two races uh, before the Derby for Bob to enter. You know, you just he just doesn't. Put in the, you know, if there was still a sham stakes before Santa Anita killed it, you know, if you win that, you know, the big deal. Um, you got to be running well when it's Derby time. Is Zidane the kind of owner that would say, "Hey, don't worry about the Derby. Let's go to the Preakness. Let's go to a ten furlong Belmont Stakes at Saratoga instead." Is he that kind of owner? Uh, I think if if Bob were to say that, the, the one who is that kind of owner is Michael Lund Peterson. But he doesn't have, you know, he traditionally has Phillies. Right. Uh, and I, I can't remember, and you're the, the Philly expert. Uh, he had one last year that was really good that I think won the Santa Anita Oaks. But, you know, he Bob never moved him mm. because Peterson told Bob, I, I hired you to train the horses. You're the only one I want to train the horses. Zaydan, I think, you know, still wants his uh, first or second um, uh, Kentucky Derby win, depending upon how you look at it. And... Um, so I think I think if Bob were to insist, no, I don't want to do that. Zaydan would go along with him, but I don't think Bob would do that. Got it. Yeah, Peterson owned a Faisal last year. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So obviously that horse, uh, after um, winning in the Santa Anita Oaks, uh, headed to um, other spots other than uh, Churchill Downs. Obviously running at the uh, Black Eyed Susan, then didn't run again. Unfortunately, uh, it was an interesting no. day there in Baltimore. So. No. Um, John Sherva with us. He's from the LA Times. He covers horse racing for them. Um, is in your time covering sports, and you've worked in Chicago, Los Angeles, different places, have you ever been around someone like a Baffert and their influence on a sport, their approachability, but also sort of the the vitriol that comes with comments and different things that we hear from other people about him, etc.? Have you ever been around someone quite like him within a sport? Well, with the exception of the accessibility, uh, I think Tiger Woods was that way. Um, Tiger was... Uh, you know, either loved or hated, much like Bob is. As far as ex- accessibility being at the top of your game, no, there there is no one that is more accessible than him. Uh, you know, gosh, when I you know when I see him at Clocker's Corner, matter of fact, the last time right. I was at Clocker's Corner, uh, oh, he was there over Breeders' Cup. I saw him. Yeah, we were just, he, he was just standing there. He yeah. was down there. Yep. And I'm walking with him to try to get away from the crowd, and, and somebody wants to take a selfie with right. him. And, he's, he, and he stops, and, yeah. and he takes the phone, and he gives it to me and says, take the picture. Yeah. He's just, you know, and, and it's yeah. just like um, he, he is so generous with his time. He cut back after, initially after Medina Spirit. He kind of went underground for a little while. But now he's come back, and, and I think he's just a great ambassador for the sport, regardless of what you think about him. I mean, uh, you know, I was around for Michael Jordan, and you know, I, 
I remember one time my editor uh, said, uh, you know, call, you know, have somebody call Michael Jordan and get a reaction to that. <laughs> and I just, I just laughed and I said, uh, you know what? I can get the governor of Illinois on the phone <laughs> easier than I, than I can get Michael Jordan. Sounds right. And, um, but Michael would, after every game, not after practice, not before the game, he would stay and answer every question um, <laughs> until people were done. And you know who else was that that way was uh, Wayne Gretzky when he oh, was, wow. the Kings. was the Kings. Okay. Uh, Gretzky, not a lot available except after the game, and he would stay until every last dumb question was asked. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, no, it is the conundrum of him, right? Because when he's here, and he's here for Derby Week, and his barn is just you know operating the normal way that the the Baffert barn in, in previous years has operated, the guy would hold court for like 40, 45 minutes, right? And and that's, yeah. you know, it's just missing from our sport with so many people. I have found, though, John, you know, having this show now and obviously the podcast, if you ask a trainer to come on and you ask them an interesting question, they will answer it, right? It's not as though these guys are total robots. Uh, there's some interesting, uh, some interesting folks working uh, on the backside that way. All right, so uh, I guess we'll get you out of here on this prediction. Does Baffert have a starter in the starting gate? For Derby 150, there's a lot in that, right? Obviously, he has to have a horse qualified, but also he has to be okay as well. I, I think so. I don't think he makes this move. And again, I go to that one line that we have negotiated where each side would pay their own uh, attorney's fees to mean that they are negotiating, they are talking. Um, I, I've got another crazy theory here. You know, Kentucky, And I don't know if this is possible. You know Kentucky, the intricacies of it, way better than I do. Sure. Suppose the KHRC came out and said, you know, we think that Baffert has paid his his due, so on and so forth. We would encourage Churchill Downs to uh, lift the suspension and allow him into Derby. That would be a, a, a face-saving thing for Churchill Downs, where they're just saying, okay, yeah, we're not doing it for Bob. We're doing it because the KHRC um, asked me to do it. And, of course, you know, we know Churchill runs the KHRC, so it's really the same organization. But um, – I don't know. Is that is that a possible uh, way out where Churchill doesn't capitulate but just simply follows the advice of the KHRC? Maybe I, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways for this to end, but I I don't think that's an an outrageous one. Um, I I think yeah. if you if you wanted to deflect away from your own decision making, that's certainly one way to do it. But I also think it, it at the end of the day, while. I think I'm still right that they thought about Derby 150 and the shine of it being on Baffert rather than on them. I think it's good for them, too, in terms of just betting dollars if he's in the race, right? I mean, it just is. Mm -hmm. And so I I wonder if at some point they just look at the bottom line and they just say, oh, well, maybe we need this guy in here. He's worth, I don't know, fifty, a $100 million bet on Derby Day? I don't know, something like that? I mean, I I think we can... We can both say it would whoever horse if he has a horse in there, it's going to be uh, an overlay like none other. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean because Medina Spirit was what twelve to one or something that'll never happen yeah. again, right? So it's something like that. And and I remember and and I was asking Bob about that before uh, you know in the barns before that year, and he was just flat out saying, "Yeah, I've had some really good horses and so on and so forth and." Uh, but yeah, this one's. Not, I don't think this one quite measures up. I, I mean, know. he really did not think Medina Spirit was going to win that race. That's right, he did not. There so. you go. All right. Well, uh, that is, frankly, it, one of the best things about about interviewing Baffert is he will just tell you who his best horse is, even if you don't ask him about that horse. <laughs> right? He just he'll lead you straight down that path, and it's a uh, it's a very charming thing he does. All right. Uh, last question. I lied. Uh, last question. I thought about you 
when I saw a uh, a poll online the other day about how many races Brad Cox would win at fairgrounds on Saturday. And <laughs> is there a chance, and no, I'm being very serious, is there a chance that Brad Cox becomes the new Bob Baffert and we just go, oh, God, okay, we get it. There's five, Bob ba- There's five Brad Coxes in this race. Is there a chance he could turn into that? He could. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated question because um, what we're looking at is California racing is in extreme trouble at this point. Yep. You know, Santa Anita is their purses were underfunded by four million dollars going into this year and expected to get to six million dollars despite purse cuts because there's no supplemental uh, revenue. So, I mean, I've got and it's it's taken me seven years to come to this conclusion that I think the clock is ticking on on Southern California on California racing. You know, maybe there'll be a Del Mar, but I I don't know. So anyway, so if you eliminate that, and Bob is 70. He's not going to pick up and move to Kentucky or Arkansas or Florida or New York. Is I think that that Kentucky, which is, I think, even though they have the Derby, probably the third most attractive region behind New York is probably number one and California two and Kentucky three. Because, because let's face it, if, you know, Churchill doesn't race that much, you know, and then you're looking at Turfway and Ellis Park sure. and so on and so forth. Yeah, sure. So it's not that strong year-round circuit. And, um, yes, Brad Cox could be that. He does have some of the polarization uh, that Baffert does as far as some people think he's uh, a little uh, fast and loose with the rules. I have no evidence of that, but I know that you've heard that. Sure. Um, so, you know, he could become that. And he is not as accessible to, as Baffert, I don't think. But he's still pretty accessible. Yeah, he's no, he's, a, he's friendly to this show. And he'll, if we ping him, he comes on and he gives us 10, 15. That's fine. And, and um, I know those guys are busy. It's not, <laughs> it's not like Baffert. You know, early in this, you did something Baffert will never do. If I'm talking too much, just let me know. Baffert will never say that, right? <laughs> so that's part of <laughs> no. his personality. But Brad Cox is like that. He, you know, he, he gives succinct answers, but he answers the questions. So no, I mean it, that way, he's good for guys like me. But I get it for the national sport. He's not. He, Baffert's just got the look too, right? Everything about him. He's got the hair and the glasses and everything. I mean, it's just all. It's all one package of just you know a, a very recognizable guy. I mean, we've got numerous texts while you've been on that essentially, hey man, the der- the Derby doesn't seem like the Derby without Bob Baffert, and that's in the Louisville yeah. market. I mean, so there you go. All right, he's John Sherman. Sure, good. Yeah, I'm just saying he he is he's he's actually you know polarizing Kentucky. Some people just love him. Some people I remember sure. the England uh, Breeders' Cup, and he was booed when his picture came up on the screen. But I think all in all, I think. The PR of this whole thing is the people of Kentucky are willing and ready to forgive Bob. It's just a matter of, is Churchill. Well, there you go. He's John Sherva at J-C-H-E-R-W-A. Jay Sherva on Twitter. You can go find his stuff, latimes.com slash sports. John, appreciate you. I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, John. There you go. And we did hear from the dog. How about that? A little Griffey in the background. How about that? There you go. Um, I, without being sappy, anytime I talk to John, I, I remind people that when you so he, he makes fun of me for doing this job, by the way, for for sports writers, this is this is below the sports writer. Right. And then how could you like this? How could you show up every day? Because he watched Bill Plaschke. So this is the interesting part about knowing guys like John. So like Plaschke and um, Jay Adonde worked for him. He was their editor. OK. And and Plaschke was like, I'm going to pick up this gig doing sports talk radio. And John's like, yeah, don't do it. 
And I guess like 18 months in, Plashke was like, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> but that's like full-time sports writing and doing that. That feels like a lot. Yeah. But if not for John, John was our first ever guest on the podcast. He uh, Breeders' Cup here 20, uh, 2018. And um, he's the first guy to ever give me a shot in a newspaper. And he let me write in the LA Times horse racing newsletter. And I will always be thankful. Uh, when we went to Disney a couple years ago, John has retired to Florida. Uh, I looked him up so we could go to lunch. He's a very, very important person in my life, and I really appreciate it. I mean, like, I texted him yesterday, like, as soon as this came out, like, do you have time at 11 tomorrow? And he said yes. So yeah. I just, people like that in your life, if, if you have them, you know, maybe you shoot him a text today and say thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other end, we'll keep the uh, the conversation going. Kenny Payne show will re-air at 2 o'clock on 93.9, ahead of Mark's show at 3. Louisville basketball tonight, 5.30 start, as Mark told you. That is the, um, I'm going to get this right, the Alex White Network coverage starting at 5.30, 7 o'clock game. After that, we'll have the post-game show for you. Ethan Moore tonight on that Coors Light post-game show. I, he's going to have a shirt on, right? Isn't that the is that the understanding here? That's the hope. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's required by Put now. Put your shirt on, Ethan. Yes. Um, we get it, you're tan. Um, they play Duke tonight, though, at 7 o'clock down at the Yum Center. We will have all of that for you. Can I get some Raising Cane's music, please? <laughs> oh, it's uh, time to talk chicken. With your friend Louie, and when I talk chicken, I talk hot, fresh, hand-battered chicken fingers from our friends. They're Raising Cane's. They have multiple area locations. You can find them online at RaisingCane's.com, and it's just that hot, fresh, delicious chicken. Those crinkle-cut fries, that one-of-a-kind Texas toast, and that unbeatable cane sauce. Find them online at RaisingCane's.com. Multiple area locations. Or Sports Sports Talk Radio. We do it next. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Rebeau and Co. here on ESPN 680 Now, here's Louis Rebeau. 437-9680 UPS Jobs text line. her the Louisville Bourbon Club probably still dislikes Bob Baffert. That was a good bottle. I don't... Have you seen that bottle, Zach? Okay, good. All right. Uh, this is Rebeau and Co. ESPN 680-1057. We got you for about another half hour Bobby V after us. And then, of course, roundtable 3 o'clock today here on ESPN 680-1057. A reminder from our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, they want to bring you an offer that'll help electrify your playoffs. New customers, you can bet just five bucks on any game 
and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. We've got those two games coming up on Sunday. A couple of basketball games tonight for the locals. Make sure you are checking them out because everyone gets a no-sweat same-game parlay for every playoff game day. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code WHBE. New customers, you can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WHBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS. Physically present in Kentucky. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in required. One no-sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in. No-sweat bonus bets issued based on amount of losing qualifying bet. Eligibility, max reward limits, and deposit restrictions do apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right. Lots of texts coming in about Baffert, and I would say overwhelmingly pro-Baffert, which is very interesting. I just think in sports, and in, 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 especially in sports, Zach, we want to forgive, right? It is it is more than any other spot. Now, do we elect some idiots in, in politics that probably shouldn't be reelected? Just a few. Mayor of Washington, D.C.? Yes, we do that from time yeah. to time. Um, there are lots of examples of this. Uh, I would go higher than the mayor of Washington, D.C., but I'm not going to. Um, the <laughs> But I think we're in a... A time in pro sports where we are very forgiving and understanding, and I think people just want to have the best, what they consider to be the best derby, and to them, that involves Bob Baffert and his trainees. Um, by the way, this year, looking at the three-year-old crop, I would agree with that. I think he's got a couple of runners that should be in the derby gate, and so um, it'll be fun watching this all play out. Essentially, Sherva's stance, by the way, was watch January 29th if those horses are not transferred. He thinks there's a behind-the-scenes happening between Baffert and Churchill Downs. Um, Zach, did you learn anything in my conversation with Griffey and uh, John Sherva? I've learned some things. Okay, yes. how about that? <laughs> Look at you learning. Yeah. I don't know that I like you learning, but here we are. Uh, Inter Chicago in with us today. Good to see him. Um, a reminder, too, we do have uh, the full Louisville basketball play-by-play starting at 5.30 all the way through the Coors Light postgame show. Thursday, Bellman's hosting North Florida 6.15 at Freedom Hall. We'll have the pregame 6.30 first tip. And then Louisville women's basketball plays Boston College at 7 on Thursday. That'll be on 93.9 starting at 6.30 with the pregame. Nick Curran will talk about statistics for a half hour. Yeah, that's about right. How about that? Little we got Nick Curran. Gandolfo and Ince tonight. How about that? Well, yeah, post-game show. That's right. Playing South Carolina. Uh, I know you've done a deep dive into South Carolina season and, and their stats and their oh, players. Yeah, Obviously, coaching staff, you know the third assistant. Um, Obviously. <laughs> Everybody knows the Wouldn't third assistant. Wouldn't that be assistant. great? Like, someone calls in, they're like, can you, na- can you even name the third assistant on South Carolina? It's like, brother, no, I can't. You know why? Because no one can. That's okay. Even South Carolina fans can't. It's okay. No. It's, it's Nobody fine. knows. <laughs> but it's provocative. Texter is asking, is Big Z really in the top 10 on some draft boards now? It was in one. And that's enough for Round Daddy to run th- with it. Let's let's call it what it yes. is. Okay, that, that's how you heard about it. I was going to make the joke about how, yes, I am in the top 10 on draft boards now. <laughs> multiple draft boards. Multiple, multiple Chance to move boards. up, too. They call me the you know gritty, coach's son kind of guy. First one to the gym. Yep. Last dive, one to leave. Dives on the bo- the floor for loose balls. Yes. <laughs> That's you, baby. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Coach K's favorite player. <gasps> yeah, I would okay. be Coach K's favorite player. By the way, I had this moment this morning driving in, and I realized something very important about college basketball. Do you know who Caitlin Clark is now? Yeah. No, do you know who she is? A liar. She's Grayson Allen. Yeah. She has turned into Grayson Allen. She went heel for no reason. She did not need to she go didn't heel. Need to go heel at all. No reason to go heel. She's just mad she lost a game. Yeah. Okay, so she pouted and decided to flop, and now she's Grayson Allen. She's well, tripping people. She's running into people. She's Grayson Allen. Congratulations. No one likes you. 
Well, I told High you five. this last Good year. Job. She did the same thing, and everybody overlooked it with Angel uh-huh. Reese. She complained That's about right. the John Cena thing, and now that she's doing this multiple times, I think people are starting to see her for what she is. She's the, <laughs> what'd you say? She's the Lauren Bobert of college basketball. How about that? <laughs> well, I like Lauren Bobert. I'm we kidding. do like Lauren <laughs> Bobert. <laughs> don't, don't, don't punch me in there. I'm making jokes. Uh, the, <laughs> it, is, it is fascinating, though, to watch people become heels when they don't have to become heels. Yeah. And she chose heel. I mean, she just did. She just chose you. She should have just said nothing. Text her. Zach is number nine on the draft board, but number one in our hearts. <laughs> I'll take it. That's friend zone stuff right there, baby. <laughs> Man, I've been friends Chicago is like, I don't know what that is. Jeez. I got a great head of hair. I look like this. I mean, Inter Chicago has nothing to, he don't know about the friend zone. Hey, look at my head of hair. How about that? <laughs> a little friend zone. <laughs> I do love, by the way, I'm like, how was your dog and will we hear from him? And in the first answer, dog. Dog. Just dog. That dog runs that house. That's that. John has my guy for sure. Lives well in Florida. Does the thing, but no kids. Okay, married to a. a she's now a retired uh, school teacher. Very nice lady. And and uh, but their dogs are life. I watched the man. I'm not making this up. We're in the press box at the Preakness, and John's on his phone. He goes, "Hey, what's going on?" He goes, "I'm ordering dinner for my wife." I'm like, "Excuse me," and he goes, "Yeah, I'm setting up DoorDash for my wife." And I'm like, you know what? That's nice. What a, what a husbandly thing to do. You're out of town. You're traveling for work. You know, you're in Baltimore for like six days. I mean, like when guys like John travel for horse races, they're gone for a week. It's really a remarkable thing. And so he's doing that. I'm like, oh, it's nice. He goes, yeah, I got to get two steaks. And I'm like, how hungry is your wife? Like, <laughs> what are we? He goes, oh, no, the dog needs a steak. Zach, do you hear what I'm saying? I do. The man ordered Griffey a steak. Sure he did. And Griffey, by the way, is like the size of my coffee cup. I like the, <laughs> I like the dog's name is Griffey. I do like that, too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Louie, why do you keep going after Kayla Clark after she got tackled after that game? I, I've been very clear. Um, she flopped. She flopped. She was gracing out. Man. Uh, Texter, can that Caitlin Clark heel turn actually make her more popular? Uh, sure. I think there are people that like that stuff. I think there are. Women's, basketball, like needs a, women's basketball needs a heel. They already had one. Who, Angel, Angel Reese. Reese. Yeah. yeah. Well, Angel Reese ain't doing much this year. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know how hard it is to go back to back like that. It, I don't know. No, I mean, she gets like suspended. I understand. Stuff. I know. I, I just keeping that level up is really, really hard. That's why we don't see teams go back to back. It is really hard. I don't know what it is about it, but it's just really hard to do. I mean, just systemically, it's hard to do. So, all right, let's get back into it. I don't know why, but I X'd out of my show sheet, which is not a good idea. <laughs> Since that has all the direction of what I need to talk about here. UK does head to Columbia tonight. Uh, They're playing a South Carolina team uh, that they should definitely just go and win the game. This feels like they're about a five and a half point favorite. Um, They're down to four and a half. Zach, what do I not know here? I don't know. What, what, What do I not get? And by the way, in the matchup predictor, they're only like a 61% chance to win. Is Kentucky. So the I, metrics haven't caught up to Kentucky yet. We've is talked that about what this, this before. is? Yeah. That's all it is, right? I believe that that's the case. South Carolina is not great by any means. Four and a half? Yeah. I know it's on the road. I know Kentucky hasn't looked great Carolina on the road. Carolina averages 73 points a game, which means they'll score like 86 in yeah, this game. Of course. But Kentucky's going to score 95 They're gonna points. They're going to score 90. Yeah. Uh, what are we missing? Yeah. Uh, what am I missing is right. Uh, it, South Carolina is 9-1 and one on their home court, but... They're shooting 43% from the field, but this is a game Kentucky should win. I know they've struggled on the road. They only beat Florida by two, and they went to overtime and lost against Texas. Is that what it is? Is I guess purely that's people's holdup. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Maybe. Someone pointing out that Kim Mulkey is the the heel of women's college basketball. It's oh, yes. totally true. And by the way, she's great for that sport. She is unbelievably good for that sport. You need someone to point it that you hate, right? I mean, you watch the Yankees to lose. You watch, you know, whatever, the Lakers to lose, the Celtics to lose, whatever. Like, you need that team that lots of people like. Um, and texture pointing out, South Carolina hasn't given up 80 points all year, and UK just lost their last road game. Zach? That's it. You had to bet your rent money this year. Do they go over or under 80 points? South Carolina? No, Kentucky. Over. Of course. Kentucky, that's their baseline. Every game, they're scoring at least 80. They're scoring 85 now. Yes. It's a different game now. Yeah. All right, real question. Who plays more minutes today, Bradshaw or Ivicic? Because that's the question now. We're at the point of the season. Yes, we are. Late in January where we talk about how are we trimming the, how are we trimming the roster. Yeah. Cal ain't playing 10 guys. Sorry, Jordan Burks. I hope you enjoyed your four minutes and some games earlier this season. Then, then bleeps is over. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point now where I'm really proud of myself today, by the way. I've had curse words in my brain ready on the word train coming out of my mouth three times in the show, and I haven't cursed yet. That's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, where are we at? How many minutes for Vesey? How many for Bradshaw? Who starts? Who does what? Bradshaw, Bradshaw starts, starts, right? Okay. Yeah, that's the easy one. Yep. I'll say Bradshaw plays 11 minutes. Oof. So he had, what, 18 last game? Yeah. That's on right. Is this it? Here's the real question. I think Big Z plays a couple more minutes, actually. Is is this the game where Edwards' minutes start to go away even more? So. Does he have single-digit minutes tonight? That's the question. I'll to say, me, that's the question. I'll say he gets 10. Barely. Okay. Okay. What, what, how many minutes do you think? I would Mitchell put. Plays? I would legit put his over under of minutes at twelve and a half. What's Mitchell's over under? Great question. Thirty one. I'll go over that. Okay. Because last game he did what? It was his shortest minutes in a while. It was thirty three. Thirty three minutes. I think it was thirty three. It was yeah. thirty three or thirty four. Oh come on! Take me to the box score. ESPN.com. There we go. Um, Trey Mitchell twenty eight. They only played twenty eight. Twenty eight. Wow. Yep. Even better. Well, and frankly, when you play Georgia at home, you don't need Trey Mitchell to <laughs> exhaust himself for 40 minutes is the idea, I'm sure, right? Um, yeah, Bradshaw, 21 minutes last game of each, each 16. I think those are pretty much right. Mm-hmm. I, I think Bradshaw played low 20s, and I think of each may add a couple minutes to that. So I think between the two of them, you'll get a 40-minute total okay. number. So like 22 and 18, that kind of thing. You know, we were talking to the right. bullpen, and the other part of this is – Remember before the season, who we were worried about playing at all? It was Aaron Bradshaw. Bradshaw. It was because of the clutch connection, remember? Right. And he's turned out to be whatever the opposite of that is, the Chris Livingston like stuff. Whatever the opposite of that is, that's what Aaron Bradshaw has been this year. And I do wonder if any of that rears its head here when his minutes start to diminish. Or if he's really actually boys with... Zvonimir Vizic, like if they're actually boys. Yeah. Sports makes weird friends. It really does, right? And so I do wonder long-term who's getting minutes, who's not. I think it's just, no question it's Edwards. Odd man out. 12 minutes last game. We'll see how many he plays. Yeah, today. that's the direct 11 and a half training. is the over-under for him. Yeah. I, yeah. I might go under that. I think he's playing I, 10. I think there's a chance he plays eight or nine minutes. Yeah. That's certainly out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Texter, Louie, which uh, Kentucky big man would you pull? Uh, will pull a Cameron Fletcher and literally cry on the bench when not getting the minutes they think they should? I don't know if it's that kind of team. I don't know that there's a Cameron Fletcher on this team, as far as the big men especially, because you have a bunch of guys. Because remember, you have Wagner and Reeves and Shepard and Dillingham, 
who seem to just be okay with whatever they're getting as far as minutes, as far as Dillingham last game at 17. He's anywhere between about 16 and about 22 minutes. Shepard played 25 last game, which I think is very much on the high end for him. Right. Right. He seems very comfortable, 22 minutes, that kind of thing. I just, is this the game where Edwards starts to see his minutes truly drop off? Because they've already dropped off. Let's be very clear. When you start, you only play 12 minutes. And you're not Zan Payne, <laughs> right? You're an NBA elite prospect. Like that's a different, that's a different sort of conversation. It'd be interesting to watch tonight. Isn't that that's the metric we should be using? Who gets who plays more minutes? A guy who's going to be picked in the first round or Zan Payne? <laughs> Just on the surface of it, how insane is that? Zan Payne, by the way, the other day on the same day that he played 17 minutes, the following players played that much or less: Justin Edwards, Zvani Mirovic, Ugana Nyenso, and Rob Dillingham. He played in more minutes or as many as those four guys. <laughs> I think my brain is broken. What a great, what a great car wreck this is. Do you, do you know what it is? It's a car wreck that happened a year ago, and they haven't towed the car. They haven't towed the car. Okay, yeah. and people just keep running into the car. It's like when you <laughs> see people that are still driving those cars. And, like, they they're all scratched to hell, and they're all the doors are beaten in. Like you you've seen people still drive their wrecked cars around. I don't get that. So the same text, right? I imagine NIL makes it easier to stomach lesser minutes. Yes, I agree with that. I think that's unequivocally true. But also, dude, this team is good. Yeah. They got a chance to make a run. And when you're on that kind of team, man, sometimes you overlook minutes. When you suck, you don't. That's right. Right. Everybody when, gets there. When you're and- looking to transfer, when you're looking for minutes to like get in the NBA draft, whatever, that's a different conversation. Dillingham knows as long as he plays at all. That's right. And coaches like Gates keep saying things like, oh, he's the best ISO player in college. He'll be fine. That's he right. can play 17 minutes and get drafted in the first round. That's not an issue. And frankly, it beats up his knees less. <laughs> right? I mean, sometimes, you know, we watch running backs carry the ball way too much in college. They get to the NFL. They got three years of done. That's right. What and, I'm afraid Blake, Blake Corum is going to have happen to him. Somebody like that. He's that's a very good perfect example. Perfect bill. That's a very good example. And And by the way, you never heard him complain about how many carries he was getting because they won the national title. Correct. That, you never heard Donovan overcomes. Edwards complain either, oh, and he could have been right. an RB1 for that's most right. teams. That's right. I, I mean, tons of examples of that, yep. of guys who are just, you you don't hear. You know who you didn't hear about playing time concerns from? Was anybody on UofL football this year. Yeah. Because they were winning games. And I don't think. They just wanted to be in there. And by the way, when the next man stood up, stepped up, you you could tell they, they were ready. Yes. Right? That's when you know you're having a good season when you have a, and, and frankly, compliment here. Like when you have a, a well-run program, yes, that the next guy's ready, right? And, Period. And so, and, and we're not seeing that there. Kentucky, we're seeing that. We're absolutely seeing. Yeah. That. yeah, and that's why I've heard people say, "Well, Quinshaw Judkins transferred to Ohio State, and Travion Henderson came back. What are they going to do?" I'm like, they're going to be fine because both those guys want to split carries. They both want right. to be ready to go to the NFL. Plus, by the way, Ohio State's probably going to win a lot of games, yeah. so I don't think they're going to do a whole lot of complaining. No, that's right. So what happens when you have like a quarterback room and you got like five guys that could be starting elsewhere? Well. You know what? The other thing is when they're, you're they're on when you're in programs like that, and Kentucky basketball is one of these, Ohio State football is one of these. We're talking about programs of that level. Yeah. Scouts are just around all the time. Yes. They're just around if all the good, time. If you're good, they'll find you. Correct. They will find you. So if you are the second guy on Ohio State's line at right guard or something, someone's gonna see you. Of course. Someone's going to find you. If sure. you are if you are, again, Rob Dillingham playing 16, 18 minutes, someone's going you to find you. You know who's the ultimate example of this? Do you remember Matt Castle? Yes, I do, of course. He never started a game at USC and he got drafted. Yeah, and he had a decent NFL career. And he was a good quarterback. That's yeah, he right. won he 11 games for the Patriots that's the exactly year that Brady got hurt and he yep. signed a $70 million deal and took the Chiefs to the playoffs. Like, he had a nice career and he never started a college game. Yeah, and, and the same tax you're asking about the defense going forward for Kentucky. It is, 
As Kenny Payne would say, it's the elephant in the room. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, really he would wasn't. say that because they are talking about it and he doesn't know what that means. But anyways, right. the, um, it is funny to hear people use metaphors they don't understand. That, it is funny. I'm not going to lie. That part's funny. That's not the elephant in the room, Kenny. There's a lot of them. That ain't one of them. But I think like if, if Avicic gets off the bench for 12 minutes a game, he's not going to complain. Because the, the poor guy had to sit out the whole season anyway, right? Um, the other, I mean, just the Edwards thing is the thing I'm going to watch. And it, it will be a fascinating study in how much can you play a guy that was preseason top 10 and now has like a scal thing going on. It'll be interesting to see. Let's take one last break here. We'll come back. We will finish up the show. We will wrap up. And B dropped 70 last night. The Titans are hiring the Bengals OC. I want to ask Zach about that. And Novak Djokovic, I just want to mention him because this is a, a theme for me on this show. Don't miss greatness when it's happening in front of you. We'll do it next here at ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a Tuesday show. Back tomorrow, Mike Gandolfo in the 10 o'clock hour. We'll do Bologna or Salami at 11. Here on 680-1057, hanging out with Zach Cantrell. Hopefully, Zach, I just did the relaunch on our browser, so hopefully the text line is, is functional going forward. You're, I didn't know I was the tech guy around here, but here we are. Uh, 437 kind of a scary thought line. if you're the tech guy. Uh, yeah, we're, we're done. Uh, it's over. Yeah. Uh, here on, on uh, ESPN 680-1057. Bobby V after me. I just saw Fred Cowgill, so obviously it'll be Tuesdays with Fred. And then, of course, uh, get your roundtable, get you into your, uh, your evening here on ESPN 680-1057. High school hour tomorrow at 6. Uh, Louisville Sports Live 7 tomorrow on 93.9. Saturday morning, Jeff Lightsey's on that Victory Formation show with our guy, James Black, 10 to 11 on 93.9. And, of course, you can hear more Zaxi. How about that? With Nick Kern, Phil Baker, 10 o'clock. Uh, 10 to noon, this slot here on Sunday mornings, a Sunday morning hangover. Been holding it down uh, since the French and Indian War. How about that? Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. <laughs> Nick Curran isn't old enough to have have served in the French and Indian War, but he acts like it. Oh, Nick Curran is... <laughs> I don't even know how old Nick is, but I just... The old way enough. He, yeah, he's, he sounds older than my dad. Oh, man. My dad's 65. Nick Curran sounds like a 65-year-old man. Yeah. I'm with you. My dad's we more up-to-date on streaming than, than So we Nick have intern Chicago. I'm sure he has a first name. I don't really care what it is. And then we have intern Max, whose last name I don't know, and I really don't want to know. But he wants to be a baseball announcer when he grows up. He wants to do play-by-play. I said, hey, man... Good news. You got Curran in town doing AAA. You got Moth doing Louisville games. Like, we got two really good announcers in here. And then, uh, <laughs> unintentionally yesterday, Diener's wrapping up with Paul. 
and there's 73 interns sitting in that room behind Chase. And I look at Max and I go, there's the GOAT. There's the guy you need to be like. And Chase's mic was off, but apparently I was being very loud. <laughs> and it was very audible in the studio. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, no, I mean, you know, well, hang out a little, uh, little play-by-play, a little, uh, you know, little Sean Moth, woman that Kern. So he's got a lot of guys he can look up to here. He's a student over Bellman. How about that? So enter Chicago. You got to remind me, are you a Bellman guy or are you a Vell guy? Louisville. Louisville. Okay, there we go. All right, there you go. Um, DePaul fired their coach after a three and fifteen start. What do you think that's like, Zach? <laughs> Wouldn't know, would we? It's be- not great that DePaul has higher standards than the Louisville program apparently does. And by the way, one of those three wins, obviously, against Louisville. Against Louisville. How about that? That's right. Yeah, that's how. That's another one of those things. Uh, did you get to watch any of the Embiid game last night? I did. I okay. tuned in the I fourth quarter. Yeah, I tuned in a uh, first quarter. A guy I follow who does Philadelphia horse racing. Um, obviously was watching the 76ers, and he was like, yo, Embiid's going to score 75 tonight. And I looked, he had six points. And I was like, what does this guy know? That This is a guy, I just it's literally one of my Twitter follows. I don't know anything about him. I don't know him. Never had him on these shows. The I'm like, how much do you know? Embiid had six points. He said he's going to score 75 tonight. This is it, it, The tweet was something like, this is the night you tell your kids Joe Embiid scored 75 points. He scored 75. <laughs> Like, damn, Nostradamus, what's up? Little little uh, Twitter uh, Nostradamus there. I like he had that. 18 rebounds, too. What's funny is they needed every single point. Yeah. <laughs> they were barely better than the That's Spurs right. last night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, Wem and Yama went for 33 last night. And they, we're not even talking about They combined about it. for 103 points. That's fantastic. Have you seen the video yet of Embiid standing next to Wemba Yama for the first time? Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing how tall he is. He's like, oh, <laughs> I have to imagine, anytime you walk past, when you're Embiid and, what is he, 7'1"? Yeah. And you walk past someone who makes you feel short? I know. Sweet God, can you imagine how tall either of those guys would be next to you or me? I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> can you gr- imagine Wemby? It's a great video, I suggest it to anyone. Can you imagine Wemby next to like half of us? We would be two feet shorter than him. We might come up to his, I don't know, armpit. <laughs> Sounds right, yeah. Oh, that sounds right. Uh, the Titans have hired Byron Callahan. Do you have an opinion on this? Brian Callahan's a great play caller. I mean, we've seen this now the last couple of years. The Bengals' offense is always good, and I think he got the job as much as anything this year doing what he did with Jake Browning after Joe Burrow was lost for the season. He made Jake Browning look like a really good uh, NFL starting quarterback. So the Titans have needed an offensive mind for a while. That's let's make it. Let's make it local. Mm-hmm. Is this good or bad for Will Levis? Do you think? I think it's good. I think it is too. I think you bring him in with the understanding, hey, we drafted this guy in the second round, make him great. Yep. Right? I mean, that's, that's I, exactly I think that's right. part of the the part of the deal of getting the yep. job, essentially. Yes, The right. Titans' um, big problem for years has been they haven't had a great offensive mind in the, the building, and now they do. It will be interesting to see how he fills out that staff as well. Uh, obviously, I think you're right that his work with Burrow is, is, is obviously very good, but the ability to translate it to the next guy as well. That's right. Hot girlfriend and all. Is is really what's impressive, <laughs> right? It's her Chicago's nodding. That was a good. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good. Yeah, we all appreciate her. Yeah, game. we do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Novak Djokovic is on to the semifinals of the Australian Open, and I'm not going to ask you to get up at three in the morning to watch tennis. That's not what I'm doing right now. But once in a while, we just need to pause on this show, like we did the other day when Jokic and Embiid played, and then Embiid, by the way, follows it up with this. Djokovic, man, and. It was one of the sad things that started to happen. It's one of the things in COVID that I really hated. Was that we started to really care about how people reacted to COVID. 
more than the other things that they did with their life, and I hated that. I, you know, and and Djokovic for sure is one of these guys, and it is worth saying he has now made forty eight Grand Slam semis. Okay, forty eight. You have to win four straight tennis matches just to get to that point. Correct. Okay, so we're talking about something like 190 wins just to get to that point. Okay, um, he has double digit, or excuse me, double dozen, <laughs> two dozen uh, majors as well. 24. Okay, so he's 24 majors. Never lost an Australian Open semi or final. So literally, if he makes the semifinal, he's 50 50 to win the tournament. There's four guys left. No, oh, he's more than 50 50. 24 out of 48. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And he stuff. did this going against Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Like, no question, you could say for all three of those guys, if the other two didn't exist, what would their numbers look like? It's in, well, sure, but same time. I, so when I was growing up, it was it was it was um, excuse me, not Roddick. Roddick was after. It was Sampras. It was Agassi, right? And there was the grand debate on on who was better, and one was clearly just the serve and volley guy, and one was the return guy, and that they were different. You know, there were guys would pop up, Michael Chang, this sort of thing, and they were flashes. They were not like the other two. Agassi, frankly, early part of his career, not interested in being a professional athlete. Just wasn't. Okay? Didn't even travel to the Australian Open for many years because it was too far away. <laughs> okay? His wife, by the way, way more successful at tennis. Anyway. And then American tennis goes into this hiatus, but we get this guy, Roger Federer. Right? And then all of a sudden, there's this guy in the clay, this little short guy in the cu- in the culottes, right? In the uh, um, oh, what do they call those uh, pants that are just below your knee? Capris. Yeah, he got, he got capri wearing <laughs> Spanish guy who's left-handed, by the way. Yeah, playing too many tournaments as a young guy comes up, and then there's this third guy we haven't heard about. He's from the Balkans, and his name is Novak Djokovic. He's kind of got a stern demeanor about him. He's kind of a jerk, and he kind of just speaks his mind. Then we find out that everyone from the Balkans is like this. That's right. <laughs> and then, or many people, uh, just seems to be cultural. Uh, when you hear Jokic give, ex- uh, they're like, hey, did you love this? He's like, no, it's a job. Like, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. Djokovic sort of has that kind of mentality about tennis. Yes, he does. And um, But just, I mean, this guy's going to get to 50 Grand Slam semis yeah. in his career. And I think he's got a serious chance to win two, maybe three this year. Now, Alcaraz, uh, the Spanish player, is very, very good. And yeah. will give him a very hard time, say, both at Wimbledon and at the U.S. Open. Right. But Djokovic on clay this year will be as good and as accomplished as anyone that's been yeah. around. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's its own thing. Oh, Go he's ahead. had, like, multiple years where he's won three of them. He's had multiple years he's won two. Like, Novak Djokovic is the greatest tennis player of all time. It's not even worth having a discussion about anymore because he's got more slams than everybody. Jimmy Connors, yeah, okay. Why are you here? You still work here? <laughs> the Dayquil kicked in. Baby. Oh, there's Dayquil. Got it. Okay, yeah. Ah, uh, Nikki V. I, I think it, is Dayquil Italian for amaretto, or how does that work? Limoncello. Actually. Limoncello. Got it. I okay. Need another vaccine. Limoncello underrated. Underrated. We can say it out loud. Underrated. I don't drink it anymore, but underrated. It is what it is. Hey, Nick, what are your thoughts on Novak not getting the vaccine? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we know how Nick feels. <laughs> He's a lamb. <laughs> We is you know what you know what I also blame Novak Djokovic for Nick's recent ailments. I think I agree. we all yes. do. I agree. I agree. That's how it goes. Damn tennis players and their ailments. Uh. <laughs> oh man, I do wonder in a different life if I could have been the Nick Valvano of my life. In a good way. Yeah. 
part of me is very jealous of Nick. I have a very different life than Nick. Nick did yep. not get up at, at 5.30 this morning to prep a show so that he could get his kids up to take them to school. Nick yeah. didn't have to do that. <laughs> very I'm happy I don't have to do that. Yeah. That's one of the advantages. Of, one of the, I get it, man. One of the underrated advantages of being a guy is you can literally roll out of bed and be ready to go in five minutes. There you go. Uh, again, uh, Tuesdays with Fred after me, Bobby V, uh, Nick Valvano. You'll have that trio uh, starting at noon. And uh, so we will. Uh, they will get into that and, of course, roundtable today at 3 o'clock. The other programming around here, do I need to mention anything else? I think I largely caught people up on that. We will have the NFL games, of course, this weekend. We'll do more football tomorrow, Zach. Uh, I'm sure it'll be part of Bologna Salami no as doubt. well. Ravens Chiefs uh, will be on 680 um, because Louisville women's basketball is playing at the same time on 93.9. We'll go to all stations for football starting as soon as that game is over and the postgame is over as well. If they have one, I doubt it. Um, that they'll have anything outside of the official post game because it is a game against Pittsburgh. Um, if I'm wrong, uh, Biscuit, go ahead and text me. I'll gladly update that, but I imagine uh, that's where we're at. Have you at all slept on it a couple days and thought differently about these conference title games, or are you sticking with the home team? I don't, I'm pretty definitive on one, and the other I'm still flipping back and forth on. On the AFC side? I'm flipping back and forth on that because my thought is the Ravens are the better team. Okay. But, but Mahomes. There it is. I get it. That, that is the thing Betting about the NFL. against Mahomes is not a way to make money. Boom. Boom. I was very wrong on Sunday about that one. We're at the point now it's where we were for all those years of, yeah, this team, the Seahawks are do better. You, yes, the Falcons are better. But Tom Brady. Do you want to know how good Mahomes is? Do you, do you remember what I based my Bills pick on? What? Their record at home. Yeah, 14-2. He was better than their record at home. Think yeah. about that. And I mean, he never that, played a road playoff game. Boom. That, that's, that's all you need to know about Patrick. What's the, what's the knock against him now? What's the thing to argue? There isn't anything. In many ways, he might be the most boring quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> it's more interesting. His wife hangs out with Taylor Swift. If that's you want it. to get mad about that, you can get mad about that. Oh, they do get mad about that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I am Louis Rabot. Thanks to John Sherva for joining us at 11. And Mark Ennis, of course, for hanging out for the first hour of the show. I hope people enjoy these Tuesdays. I really do. Uh, getting to hang out with Mark and these Wednesdays hanging out uh, with Mike Gandolfo. Thanks for putting the coat in Rabot and Co. This is Louis Rabot alongside Zach Cantrell. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 a.m. And we hope you are, too. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.